You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Today is Monday, the 14th of December, which means Christmas is now only 11 days away, which means if you've been naughty all year, it's too late now to get on Santa's nice list. So you might as well double down. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, the new vaccine has just dropped. We find out all the ways that Georgia is suppressing your vote and Pharrell Williams joins us on the show to tell us about Rihanna's new album. So let's do this, people. Welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world, this is the Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Every year around this time, the whole country gets into the same big debate. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? But that's actually the wrong question, because remember, The cop in that movie is the dad who lives next door to Steve Urkel. So the real question is, is Die Hard actually an episode of Family Matters? But for anyone who says armed law enforcement and holiday cheer don't mix, police in California might just have settled the argument once and for all. Get him, Santa! Santa and his elf moonlighting as a crime-fighting duo. After all, they know who's been naughty or nice. They helped Riverside police nab several suspects at a Target store yesterday. It started with an undercover surveillance operation to catch shoplifters. The pair was waiting right outside to slap on the handcuffs. But things really got interesting when detectives say they spotted three men stealing a car in the parking lot. Santa and his elf gave chase, helping to arrest two very confused suspects. Yeah, of course the thieves are confused. They're being arrested by Santa Claus. If that was me, I'd be like, wait, Santa, you're arresting me for wanting a free gift? That's your whole thing, man. How you gonna do this to me? But hiring Santa to be a cop, it just makes sense. I mean, think about it. He already keeps a list of naughty people. He doesn't live in the neighborhoods where he works and he gives preferential treatment to rich white people. It's perfect. Although I will say this, it is weird as hell to see a dude in an elf costume pointing a handgun. And even weirder is that he still has to do the elf voice. So any kids walking by won't have the magic rune for them. Tis the season to light your ass up, mother Don't move or I'll deck the halls with your brains. Moving on to some news about cybersecurity. Foreign hackers have become one of the most significant threats to national security. And a couple of big stories from this weekend make clear just how vulnerable everybody is. The U.S. government has been hit with a significant cyber attack, which looks like the latest in Russia's ongoing hacking campaign against the United States. The Commerce Department has confirmed to CNN that one of its bureaus saw a data breach. Now, The Washington Post reported that the Russian hacking group APT29, which is also known as Cozy Bear, is behind the reported attacks, as well as a recent stunning attack on the cybersecurity firm FireEye, in which the attackers stole hacking tools. Okay, hold up. So not only did hackers hack the U.S. government, but they also hacked a cybersecurity firm and stole a tool that prevents hacking, which they're now going to use to hack? That is humiliating. Imagine being that company. Rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, your data is safe with this company. Thanks to our elite anti-hack hacking... It was supposed, it was here and, uh, (laughs) Now, it's still not 100% clear who stole what, but the thing we all need to accept is that at some point, we're all gonna get hacked, people. You just gotta accept it now. Because if a company that develops anti-hacking technology can get hacked, 
then your 2015 Dell laptop doesn't stand a chance. You might as well just prepare for it now. Like from now on, when you take nudes, put the doggy filter on, all right? Then no one can be totally sure if it's you or just a dog with a human penis, you know what I'm saying? Also, give all your contacts celebrity names in your phone. So that way, people will think that you were getting booty texts from like Oprah or Chris Pine instead of Sweaty Dave from your baseball team. And don't forget, the upside of any major hacking is that you can use it as an excuse to be irresponsible. Yeah, just make a big purchase right away. Right after you get hacked, make a big purchase. So then when it comes, you can be like, what the hell? These hackers must have charged a jet ski to my credit card. We'll have to return this unless I'm pretty good on a jet ski. Might as well see it on the water and test it out before we make that decision. I can't believe I was hacked. But let's move on to the big story of the day. The one thing we've been waiting for since March. No, not Rihanna's album. The vaccine. We have breaking news, an historic moment for the nation. It happened right here in our area. A Queens nurse became the first person in the country to receive Pfizer's COVID vaccine. This is a massive undertaking. Every step of the distribution process, crucial. In the past 24 hours, the vaccine doses, which need to be kept at Arctic temperatures, moved from Pfizer's manufacturing facility to UPS and FedEx hubs, where they were loaded into planes and guarded trucks to be delivered to 636 pre locations nationwide. FedEx says that it receives a transmission every two seconds on the location of these vaccine packages. UPS says it's using Bluetooth technology as well to make sure that it has precise eyes in real time on where these packages are located. This is amazing news, people. America approved the vaccine on Friday night and people started getting it this morning? You hear that, COVID? Your days are numbered, bitch! You realize that this time next week, we're all gonna be back in the club, like shots, 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 in my arm, please! But remember, as exciting as this is, developing the vaccine was only the first part. It is still gonna be a huge lift to get it out of the lab and into the hospitals because this vaccine needs to be stored at temperatures that are below negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is freezing. At that temperature, the only people who can handle it are trained specialists with protective gear and that one white dude who always wears shorts in the winter. Also, do you hear what they said? UPS and FedEx are tracking the location of these packages every two seconds. I'm not gonna lie, when I first heard that, my reaction was like, oh, now you motherfuckers can track packages like that? But when the fudge I ordered gets lost in transit, it's all, oh, sorry, nothing we can do about it. I see how it is. Although, you know who I really feel shitty for in this situation? Is the FedEx and UPS drivers. They're hauling this vaccine all over the country, but they don't get one for themselves? Like, if I was one of those drivers, I'd be rolling up with a Band-Aid on my arm, like, uh, here's your delivery of 999 vaccine doses. Happy inoculating, y'all. But with the vaccine finally here, there's only one real question left. Which nightmare will be over first? The pandemic or the 2020 election? So let's check in on the latest in the presidential transition with another installment of Votegasm 2020. Ever since election day, President Trump has made it clear that he would not accept the will of the voters and allow Joe Biden to move into his house. Instead, he promised to fight the election results in court, where he was sure that he could count on his hand-picked Supreme Court justices to rule in his favor. Well, over the weekend, Trump got a reality check. 
The Supreme Court deals a crushing blow to President Trump in his attempt to overturn the election. The lawsuit was attempting to nullify electoral votes from four states that Joe Biden won, Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. The response to the lawsuit came in the first sentence, denied for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution, saying that Texas did not have an interest in the manner which another state conducts its elections. The president had repeatedly said that he wanted his case to go to the high court, particularly after he he had appointed a third justice. But the justices decided they didn't even want to hear the case, essentially saying that the state of Texas, Texas, which filed the suit, had no business suing over another state's election. And now Mr. Trump's legal options have effectively run out. Man, I'm sorry, guys, but that is ice cold, like vaccine storing temperatures ice cold. Because not only did the Supreme Court not even hear Trump's case, they announced to everyone that they weren't gonna hear it. I guess bad enough when someone sends you straight to voicemail, but imagine if they then went around telling everyone that they did it. Yo, you see Donald trying to call me? You want me hanging up on this bitch? I'm about to hang up. I'm about to hang up. Oh, he gone. Although to be fair to the court, this is also such a weird case for them to get because it's from Texas. Texas suing a bunch of other states about how their elections went. That's like telling the waiter that another table should have their food sent back. Yeah, I noticed that their food was a little too hot. You should probably take it back for them. And frankly, I agree with that. It's a good thing that states can't just sue other states for any reason, because if that was allowed, there would be lawsuits all the time. Connecticut would be suing New York for the constant noise violations. Colorado would sue Wyoming for stealing their shape. And every state would be suing Texas for having Ted Cruz. So this really should be the end of it. The Supreme Court has spoken. And today, members of the Electoral College officially cast their votes to elect Joe Biden as the new president of the United States. Which means there is nothing more that Donald Trump can do. Oh, that's what you might think. Because Donald Trump did not become a successful businessman by accepting that he was a failed businessman. And he's not about to accept that he lost the electoral college either. Now with this rejection by the Supreme Court tonight, the president's legal challenges are all but over, but congressional Republicans can still challenge the outcome of the electoral college vote when Congress meets on January 6th. We have more than enough time to right the wrong of this fraudulent election result and certify Donald Trump as the winner of the election. As we speak today, an alternate slate of electors in the contested states is going to vote and we're going to send those results up to Congress. This will ensure that all of our legal remedies remain open. Damn, that's extreme, man. So Stephen Miller's just gonna reject reality the same way his hair just rejected his head? Trump is gonna have an alternate slate of electors vote for him. I mean, why stop there? Why don't they just send those alternate electors to an alternate Congress and then have them upheld by an alternate Supreme Court? And then he can become president of an alternate country. Maybe whichever country speaks that weird foreign language that Trump's been speaking for the last four years. In the United States. And look, I understand the desperation. I really do. I mean, what is Stephen Miller gonna do once Trump is out of office? Collect tolls under his old bridge? But here's what worries me. If none of these political or legal schemes work out, Trump's people might try to take things 
into their own hands. Thousands of Trump supporters gathering in Washington to rally for President Trump, citing unfounded claims of widespread voter fraud. President Trump's supporters undeterred, with some, including members of far-right extremist group The Proud Boys, rallying to support him. Clashes with counter-protesters turning violent. Four people stabbed, according to police, and more than 30 people arrested. I don't know who's going to the White House in 38 days, but I sure know this. Joe Biden is a globalist, and Joe Biden will be removed one way or another. Whew. Joe Biden will be removed one way or another? That gorilla who just figured out hair dye is really intense. But this is how far Republicans have gone since election day. You remember at first, they were like, hold on, hold on. We don't know who'll win the recounts. Just let the process play out. Then they recounted all the votes and Republicans were like, we don't know who'll win the legal challenges. Just let the process play out. And now that the legal challenges are over, they're like, we don't know who Congress will vote for. Let the process play out. Meanwhile, their supporters are out in the streets causing shit to go down. And based on how they've acted so far, don't count on Republicans to put a stop to that. It's more likely that they'll spend the next four years saying, I know Joe Biden says he's president, but there's still violence in the streets and we don't know who's going to win that. So let the process play out. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Election season is still not over. I know, I know. The runoff election for two Senate seats in Georgia is happening right now. And so is the fight over whose votes get counted. It's the perfect time to bring you another episode of America's Most Depressing Game Show. Welcome back to America's Got Suppression, the number one game show that figures out which American has had their voting rights suppressed the most. I'm Roy Wood Jr. She's Desi Lydic. Desi, how excited are you to be here tonight? Uh, Not at all, Roy. Every glimpse at America's failure to fulfill the basic principles of democracy breaks my soul a little bit more. Well, we've got 200 more episodes of this shit, so buckle up. Tonight, we are in beautiful Georgia, the only place where you can get peaches, chicken wings, and strippers all in the same building. Now, those are three things I have a crippling addiction to. (laughs) Desi, right now, Georgia's in the midst of a runoff election for two Senate seats, so the voter suppression down here is just mm, super suppressing. Our first contestant, John Tay Austin, is a Grammy-winning R&B songwriter. He's more handsome than Roy. Wait, what? And he still had to wait 11 hours in line to vote. He's worked with some of my favorites. Uh, Mariah, Mary J, Tony Braxton, Jermaine Dupri. Wait, 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 wait. You're into 90s R&B? Oh, yeah. It's the only music I get nasty to. Dante, why do you think you have what it takes to win AGS? Okay, well, my suppression is that I stood in line for 11 hours to cast my vote in the presidential election. Wow, 11 hours. No one should have to wear a diaper to exercise their right to vote. Well, no, I, I didn't have to wear, uh, wear a diaper. Uh, oh, you went in your pants. I'd go straight in a diaper. Save the evidence. Am I right, Jante? I don't know about that one. Did you ever consider walking away? No, no, never. Um, my grandfather, William Harris, was in the civil rights movement, and he was beaten in Mississippi uh, trying to register Black people to, to vote, and he was put in jail for a week. And to, to know that someone went through that just to give me my right to vote, um, it was never a question of, you know, getting out of line. But why were the lines so long? I mean, did people think they were waiting on a PS5? When I finally got inside and recognized that there were only 10 working machines, uh, that kind of gave me some clues as to why the line had been taking so long. Uh, whereas you go to other counties, 
uh, and the demographics might be, uh, let's call it different, and they have all of the machines that they need. Jonte, let's talk about the runoff. What are you most looking forward to when you go vote and wait in line for 17 hours in January? Uh, well, I'm, I'm hoping that it won't be that long, but I'm prepared to shit my pants for democracy. True words. Let's meet our next contestant. Christine Jordan is a 94-year-old Atlanta resident who has also produced albums with Mary J. Blige. I'm pretty sure that's a typo, Desi. Huh. But in actuality, in 2018, her voter registration was denied for no reason. So on this day, when they want to find her voter rolls, it was as if she did not exist. We don't know about what was going on, what to say or what to do, because it was just a, a lick upside out of her head. They have no record of her voting in any election ever. Everything is gone. Her entire history was deleted. Miss Jordan, how long have you been voting at this location? Ever since 1968. 1968. So you basically been voting since they allow black people to vote. You should have your own dedicated voting machine. Yes, you should. You should just walk in. They go, oh, Miss Jordan. I'm like that at Applebee's. I go to Applebee's as soon as I walk in. They go, Mr. Wood, here's your booth. It should be the same thing. Jessica, do you think that there could be some sort of reason for this happening? Was there a name change? Was she abducted by aliens and switched out with another person's body? I think the aliens are right on track. She's voted in every election possible. No, there's never been a time, even the small elections that we have, so there's no reason for her to have been dropped. Daisy, this woman has spent most of her life at the polls. You should win just for that. I think you're right, Roy, but we still need to hear from our last contestant, just to be polite. Latasha Brown is a co-founder of the Black Voters Matter Fund. She's here representing hundreds of thousands of Georgia voters who were illegally purged from the rolls. And evidently, she's got a lot of Christmas spirit. Black Voters Matter is joining several other organizations who are suing the state of Georgia because the Secretary of State in October 2019 wrongfully purged from the voting rolls 200,000 people saying that they no longer had the correct address. We discovered that in fact, the majority of those people were still living in the places that they said that they were. Ah, uh, the purge. That's the one day a year where you can have sex with someone outside your marriage. That's not what that movie was about, Desi. What movie? We're talking about 200,000 voters. If they're not restored by the courts, they will not be able to participate in the runoff election as well. Well, thank you, Ms. Brown. And I know you've got to get back to suing the government. And Desi, we've got to decide who's going to win America's Got Suppression. Is it going to be standing in line for 11 hours and pooping your pants? Or is it going to be losing your right to vote after 52 years? Or the purge of over 200,000 voters? And the winner of America's Got Suppression is... Miss Jordan! Congratulations! You are the winner! Hang on, hang on, Desi. I'm hearing something from the judges. They're saying that they don't have her paperwork. Oh, no. You know what this means? It must mean Mitch McConnell wins again. Hold on, Desi. Mitch doesn't have to win. Not if all these voters come out in the runoff election. Are you ready to vote again, Miss Jordan? If I happen to go and vote 50 more years from now, I go. With that type of determination, the winner could be democracy. Probably still be Mitch McConnell. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight. Why does this show still exist? I think we're in hell. Thank you so much for that, Roy and Desi. All right, stick around, because when we come back, Pharrell is gonna tell me how he's trying to get America a new holiday. Man, 
the sky never stops. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Grammy Award-winning musician, producer, and philanthropist Pharrell Williams. We talked about his new nonprofit initiative to help entrepreneurs of color and how he's been working to get America a brand new holiday. Pharrell Williams, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Thank you, and happy Um, social distancing to you. Thank you very much, my friend. This has been quite the year for many human beings, arguably the worst year for many, and for some, uh, a year that many people have written off. Pharrell Williams isn't one of those people. You've said, I know it's 2020, I'm gonna stay at home as much as I can, but I'm gonna still do things and do things you have. You have a new skin line, you have a new podcast and a podcast network. Um, You've also got new music that you're working on. And I think, and then we've got some initiatives that are probably gonna change the face of how corporate America works. So let's start with the most important one, Rihanna's new album. I know everyone's waiting for the vaccine, but the other half of the country is waiting for Rihanna's new album. What can you tell us about it? I, there's nothing I could say. Damn it, Pharrell! I knew you were gonna say that to me. This interview is over. Nah, man. Cause this this is funny because once they once once like I get asked this question, then I feel like the other interviews that follow, they'll ask for more details of. I feel you. I'm just so not at liberty to say, but I man, know. I can tell you that. She's making some amazing music, and, uh, and we're incredibly honored to be a part of that conversation. Something I've always admired about you as a person is that, like, when you speak, you speak to be heard, and most of the time I find you listening. Tell me what Pharrell is doing in the podcast space. Why did you choose to jump into it, and what is the new network going to be about? So, uh, we started out with Apple uh, some years back. Um, and just took a little break from it. And then when we came back, it was like, man, there are so many other ideas that I can't do or be on. And I'm not, you know, quite frankly, not the right person for these things. Uh, I just wanted to like enlist really big personalities that could tell big and great stories um, for the network. And then the reason why we're back at it with other tone for the show is, man, I've always seen my podcasts experiences as crash courses into these other people's lives. So I I don't want to have somebody on that I can't learn something from. Howard Stern's a genius. That's why he does what he does. Right, 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 right. It's like the best, right? But for me, I use them as a as a opportunity and a platform for me to just for me to go to college. Mm -hmm. You know, in that person's universe. Truly one of the most impress impressive initiatives that I've seen Pharrell Williams working on. And I know you worked on this for a while was was your your um your program to reward and inspire black excellence talk me through what this initiative is and how you're hoping to inspire black and brown kids and young adults to become the leaders and the visionaries of tomorrow in a nutshell we don't have enough of a voice in our country because we don't own enough you know and our our dollar our currency the African-American and African diaspora dollar stays in its community for six hours. Why? Because we don't own enough businesses to keep our money and currency circulating, right? So it's, it's our theory that if we can find a way to galvanize as many Black entrepreneurs as possible, then all of a sudden the community, you know, has 
proportionate access to education, proportionate access to healthcare, and proportionate access to representation and legislation. And so we felt like the best way to get that going was to launch these prizes with, with historic Black colleges and universities, HBCUs. You know, we are less than 13%, um, you know, in this country, and we're north of 30 million. But our influence, you would think we were half this country. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, when we start to have more ownership, we have more of a voice, and then we have more of the American pie, the pie chart. And that's literally what we want to do uh, with Black Ambition. I'm like super excited because, man, these are the HBCUs. They need to be lifted. And I don't feel like the schools get the love and appreciation. The institutions, the Black institutions don't get that love. Right. Well, here's right. an opportunity. For us to give them, give them some limelight and in this partnership. There's also, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful movements that you've been spearheading, which has been the Juneteenth Pledge, where you've said, as Black Americans, for many, many, many decades, people have said, "Hey guys, why is Juneteenth not celebrated as a day when we can say that unanimously, Black people in this country received their freedom." And some critics have obviously said, well, you've got 4th of July, and it's like, yeah, but for, for everyone to be free. You kicked off the Juneteenth pledge, and you, you realized something really smart. You said, look, you may not get the government to initiate it, but most people work for a company, and so companies can make this a public holiday that is paid. How much progress have you made, and why do you think it's so important to do this? Everything boils down to what we're buying, especially if COVID has not taught us anything beyond the fact that we haven't been selfless enough with each other and wearing our mask. It's also taught us that people are buying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so therefore, we have been more of a consumer base than anything else. And I think the smart companies are recognizing that. They know that the consumer base is paying attention and they have opinions and they vote and they, and they activate, if you will, with their dollar. Mm-hmm. So to see these companies come on and, 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 and just jump in like that, that's just been great. I wanna just tell you some of the people who have taken the pledge, it's Adidas, Nike, uh, Levi's, uh, Target. Wow. Uh, wow. Walmart is coming. <laughs> I'm gonna say that right now. Come on, Walmart, come on. <laughs> Come on, Walmart. It's, it's, it's important that the big behemoths, you know, get involved. Right. And I remember, yeah. I remember when we spoke about this a while ago, you were like, yo, man, we got to get your people involved. And I'm excited. We've been keeping it under wraps for a while. I was waiting for you to come on the show. But Viacom CBS, our parent company, so everything from Nickelodeon through to MTV, they're joining in. They've signed this pledge as well, the Juneteenth Pledge. So we're getting all the behemoths involved. And so I hope wow. you keep on pushing, man. I'm glad that we can be a part of it. And I hope that we can get as many of these corporations together so that everyone in the country at some point goes like, all right, man, this is the day when we celebrate the, the promise of freedom that was denied from so many for so long. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. It's the, and you guys, if you're paying attention out there, um, it's the JuneteenthPledge.com. You can go on. So, by the way, you don't have to be a big behemoth like what Trevor and I are talking about because we want all the big guys too. But the small businesses, man, this is... The thing is, is that I love Fourth of July. I do. I'm red, white, and blue. You know, burgers, hot dogs, like your chips. Like, who doesn't love that? Fireworks. It's great. But my ancestors fought in that war when they were not free. 
you know, and they fought in that war willingly. Like they wanted their, what should have just simply been their white brothers and sisters, but it was their masters at the time, for the most part, they wanted them, they wanted to see them have their independence. And like, the thing is, is if, if Juneteenth is the official day when all Americans were free and shout to our, you know, First Nations brothers and sisters, because they haven't been treated so well. But Juneteenth is pretty much when everybody was supposed to be free. So I feel like it's something that all Americans should be celebrating, right? You know, because by the way, we were set free in 1863, but, you know, they didn't choose to acknowledge it until 1865. So you got to understand that that is a, it was long overdue then and it's long overdue now. I feel you there, man. Pharrell Williams, congratulations on everything that you are doing. Until I chat to you again, my friend, look after yourself. Stay grateful. Thank you so much for everything, man. Everything that you're doing. It's awesome. I appreciate you, my dude. Love. For more information on Pharrell's nonprofit initiative to help black and brown entrepreneurs, all you gotta do is check out the website below. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, this holiday season, please do not forget to support your local restaurants. They're struggling to stay open during this pandemic. And if they don't get the help that they need, they might not be open for you when the pandemic is over. Now, if you wanna help beyond just buying food from them, then please consider a donation to the James Beard Foundation's Open For Good campaign, which is gonna help independent restaurants survive this pandemic and rebuild stronger. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear a mask, and remember, if Santa asks you if you've been naughty or nice, don't say anything without a lawyer. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 